What's good, all you great, grand, wonderful, fantastic individuals out there in the universe? Welcome to another episode of Creatively Disrespectful. I am your host, D. Dimitri, and we got a really special episode for you guys uh, tonight. On uh, Monday, June the 8th, me and a couple of my friends got together to uh, flesh out this project, which you'll hear all about here. And, um, it's something that um, is important. It's helping put better energy into the universe. It's something that's for the culture and for the people, by the people. So for the next hour, two hours, I think this is a two-hour freaking joint. Sit back, relax, have a drink, have a smoke, do whatever you got to do, and listen to us. All right, you guys, let's start the show. Yo, I made a test, a tester last night of this yeah. punch. Ooh, how many things? Okay, so how many liquors are in this punch? Because I'm curious. It's three. So it's bourbon. There's some allspice drum. So it's not not even that much of that. And then this vermouth, which this vermouth is like has citrus notes to it. So it like hella complements all the fruit punch. But the fruit punch is pineapple juice, orange juice, and cranberry juice. That's awesome. Right. With some honey. And that's it. Question. So we have one person that's uh, in the waiting room. How many people mm-hmm. do we need to have in the waiting room before we start, start? I say start, start, and so we can go live, and people will see it. So I, I can go ahead and admit that person, and then... Um, and, and then, then we'll just go live. Go? Yeah. Just make sure you're um we're live on Facebook. Let me see. How do I do that again? Oh, there it is. Okay. It should be down. Okay, yeah, I see it. Okay. So I'm gonna go live on Facebook, admit the other person, and then we're gonna roll. You go yeah, live and again? so what you what we can do person? is you have your page, the personal page? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And then I'm recording it, so then I'll be able to repost it on the gram and put it in IG video so that we'll have it and then we can all share it or whatever. Got you. Hell yeah. 
right. Oh, you should, um, so whoever's talking, you should spotlight them. So that way it's not just gallery view. How does that work? I don't or know. not, whatever, we can roll with no, it. Because I, I feel I like- I just don't know how that works. <laughs> like, I just need to know how to do that. We'll field. do that next round. Let's okay. just let's just roll with this this round, yep. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm gonna go more live on Facebook. Let's see what goes from here. I have to take off the glove. Choose where you want to post your live video. Share on your yeah. Let's share on my timeline for now. So D, you can go um do, instead of doing gallery view, you can do speaker view so they can just see the person that's talking. We'll do that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's doing a preview right now for the live on the book. And try to what? Try a live producer? No, not, I ain't got time for that. It's just too much right now. You asked me to do too much. Oh, is the preview from the beginning? Oh shit, the preview is in the beginning? Well, fuck it, let's go. All right, let me- uh, well, that's, I think that's the three of us, right? Yeah. Can you see it? Now, I'm on your page, and I can't see your live yet. Well, I'm about to. Like, it's previewing it to okay. me now, so. Oh, yeah, just go. Just go live, and then we'll let everybody come on. Yeah. And, and then we'll we'll get rolling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going live now, and then I'm going to add a title. God damn. All right. Didn't I just do that shit? Okay. Concerto 1964. Okay, so it's... What is it doing? I see. Okay, great. That's done. Okay. Interactive. What the fuck? Okay, no. Just post. Go live. What is the problem? Okay, add a time. No, go live anyway. Okay. Okay, so now it's set up for us to go live. And then I'm going to let the person who's trying to come into the room come into the room at the same time. I need to go here. We live. There we go. We're live. We're live? Okay, great. Um, We're live. How do I let this person into the room? <laughs> now I don't know how to get back to the <laughs> Oh. I don't know what to do. Okay, Zoom. Oh, got it. Oh, okay. Emit, emit. All right, so I, okay, so I'm gonna have to bounce between multiple things, but that's all good. That's all good. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, so this, okay, what you can, oh, okay, well, that's fine. All right, so where is, I'm gonna go here so I can be able to see what's going on. Okay, that's fine. All right, cool, 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 cool. So we good? We good? We go cheap. We good. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So, put music in the background. So, um, are 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 we ready to start, my fantastic people? Are we ready to do this? I'm ready. <laughs> So should, should I start with the the conception of like well, well is, yeah. is that what we need to do? Give, give the whole intro, give the whole spiel. The 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 whole spiel of how this happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, it. Okay. Good. Are you good, Joe? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just like I was just posting it on my Facebook. 
and like the whole setup that you got that looks like an actual bar in the house. And really does. I mean, you know, do what you do, but like both of y'all. Them bartenders, yo. Like I, I, I love and hate both of you. Just, I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremiah, welcome. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah is amazing. I know him from here in Austin, and he's a fantastic individual, and I'm very glad that he's here. It's very nice to see your face. I haven't seen your face in a long time. And it looks like we have little Bobby Nero on here. I know, right? Hey, <laughs> oh, I don't know how to, yeah, I'm here. Of course not. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. It's ridiculous. All right, so we're gonna talk about conception of. All right, um, so the conception of, came from the fact that uh, I wanted to write an entire menu based upon uh, my love of hip hop. And for me, it comes from two coasts. So it comes from uh, West Coast and East Coast. And I wanted to do both, but uh, I couldn't make up my mind. And so when I did make up my mind, it was mostly East Coast. So it came from wanting to do that. And then it, and then as a, the state of the world is crazy right now, uh, I said to myself, well, hey, I should just like try to cook a bunch of food that is relevant or that is inspired by songs that cause changes in the world in general. And I guess that's the short version of Here We Are. And um, when it came to picking songs, I mean, at first it was going to be hip hop and then it was going to be all black artists. And now for me, it's like, I just wanna do things that are influenced by songs that spark change. Cause music does that. That's what music does. And so that's kind of where it is. So we're starting with um, the civil rights movement and all that good stuff because it makes sense, so 1964, 1965, and one of those big songs that was popular around that time that um, was because of that is A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. So that is the song that we are all using as our basis today. Um, Joe is gonna do the first thing that's like relevant to it. I'm gonna do the second and Courtney's gonna close us out. Um, but uh, so I will let each of us like talk about what our inspirations were or what we took from the song and how we interpret it into our dishes and go from there. So Joe, it's on you. I am done talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, just first off, I want to say thank you, Dee, for even considering me uh, to be part of this project. Um, I didn't really, I didn't know how it was going to be for me, just because, like, creative-wise, um, it don't matter. I, I feel better about it now, so that's all that matters. Cool. Um, but yeah, so this this first round um like you said we chose a change is going to come by sam cook um in 1964 and so for what i am doing um i kind of went into where sam cook has come from um so just kind of took in mississippi because he was born in mississippi 
so I wanted to, you know, dive further into what was going on at that time in Mississippi and then just come up with a cocktail from that. So um, from for what I'm going to do, the cocktail is called Freedom Some Punch. Um, and so I'll tell you more about freedom somewhere once I start building up on the cocktail. But uh, Courtney, go ahead and uh, give a little spiel about you know, your thing. Oh, all right, y'all. I'm going to do um, a drink called Mississippi Mud Martini. Sam Cooke is from Mississippi. And not only um, was he Mississippi, in 1964, Pop-Tarts were invented. So in his, in his drink, we're going to have chocolate Pop-Tarts. And also, Cool Whip was invented. So we're going to have Cool Whip in the drink as well. Um, when I think about Mississippi, I'm slightly from the South, so I do think of the mud and dirt roads of Durham, Louisiana. So I decided to put that together. I think it's going to be an awesome drink. A change is going to come really as an influential song, not just for that time of the civil rights movement, but we're still in the civil rights movement currently, clearly we are. Yeah. So I think it's very influential and it's shaping and molding the way we think about the world. And studying from Dodger, Texas, having a Black Lives Matter march yesterday, we can tell this world is changing. If you don't know about our Texas, they are the most racist city in the country. But they had a, um, a march yesterday, so I believe that we're shaping and changing lives and coming together, all ethnicities, and eat, eating and drinking to love each other. So I'm going to make that dessert drink so y'all um, fill out and get a little sweet little liquor in there. Am I supposed to yeah. try what I'm doing now? Is that, is that what's happening? Yeah, no, yeah you're supposed what you're to doing start and then kick it off. Doing. Oh, God. Uh, no, I'm not kicking it off because you're starting, but I guess. So um, you got you to gotta start prepping, and then I'll start when you start cooking. Fair. All right. So uh, for the entree, I am doing this dish called uh, Pool the Bayou, P-O-O-L, as like a swimming pool but then in parentheses, P-U-L-L, because I have a story and that's just what I do. Um, so uh, the reason why I'm doing that is such um, uh, a few things. So my dish is, um, it's moonshine soaked crawfish and I'm going to deep fry them. And then I'm going to serve that with stewed greens and I did a trifecta of greens, so it's mustard, uh, it's mustard greens, collard greens, and turnip greens, uh, because I want the flavors of each for particular reasons. And I'm doing all of those things because, for one, like Courtney said, Sam Cooke is from Mississippi, so I wanted to do things that are very, very Southern. And also, the inspiration behind A Change Is Gonna Come came from when he was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they refused to let him in the hotel that he booked. So that's why I'm breaking in the crawfish. And uh, what, what else can I say about all this? Because I, I can go into it more when I'm actually doing it. Oh, moonshine. Uh, the reason why I'm using moonshine is because during Prohibition, Mississippi, where Sam Cooke is from, was considered the moonshine freaking state. Of, like, if you wanted moonshine, you went to Mississippi. So that's the reason why I'm using that as my basis. So yes, yes, all of all of that good stuff. So um, since I am quote unquote kind of starting this uh, and I have multiple things to do, my greens are cooking right now. 
And then um, while Joe is presenting the cocktail that they have, then I'm going to crust my crawfish so then when they're done, I can fry them. Good? We good? Yeah. Good. good. So, hey, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I guess it's my turn to talk. Okay. All right. So, Freedom Summer. Um, what was Freedom Summer? So, Freedom Summer, it was named Freedom Summer after the whole event. Initially, it was called Mississippi Summer Project. And what they had tried to do or <clears throat> were trying to accomplish, and by they, I mean, I'm going to grab my notes because, you know, this it's a lot of, lot of information here. A lot of information. You got index cards? Um, Are those index yeah, cards? No. cards? <laughs> I am not playing. I'm trying to get my education on, yo. <laughs> and then, like, what, what is, um, is that? Are those disposable index stuff? Like, oh, yeah. So when I'm serving, I just grab, like, scrap pieces of paper to, like, write, <laughs> you know, take people's orders on. And sometimes I don't empty out my apron. I am completely interrupting your production. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all good. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the two organizations that led the Mississippi Summer Project is um, CORE, which is Congress of Racial Equality, and also the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Uh, so what they did is towards the end of 1963, is they started planning and getting everything ready for um, the election year of 1964. So they had several purposes, but their main purpose was to get um, uh, the black community to register to vote so that way they could partake in the election coming up. Now, because everything was segregated, that still, it, it, they, they didn't get to accomplish everything that they wanted to, however, um, they did get a few hundred people registered. Um, they also wanted to challenge the Democratic National Committee and create a Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. And what they also did was create a freedom vote alongside the regular, like it happened right before the, the regular voting happened, um, just so that they, that way they could have a voice and get some black officials elected into um, the office and stuff. So it, it definitely made an impact in terms of the things that could take place um, in 1965 moving forward. But obviously, you know, we're still, it's still an uphill battle and climb. So um, that was a couple of the things that they did. They also uh, opened community centers, they used churches, uh, but local businesses and other different buildings. Um, to set up, uh, provide childcare, library books, meals, medical assistance, and any other kind of services that weren't available to the black community at that time. So they did that. Um, they even created a school uh, which taught black history. It taught social, social studies, um, leadership skills, math, reading, you know, the things that they, they definitely were not getting uh, in these other schools that they're segregated schools. So um, they did that. So yeah, uh, Freedom Summer Punch, why I decided to choose a punch is um, it kind of incorporated a little bit of milk into it, which back in the day in my elementary um, years, uh, one of the elementary schools that I went to was a hub for MLK Day. 
And what we did was we bused students in from other local schools, um, predominantly black neighborhoods, and we held the Martin Luther King March at our school. Um, so what we did was everybody, you know, gathered together. Uh, we marched through the neighborhood singing freedom song. And uh, even before that took place, people would submit their I had a dream essays or, you know, speeches to become the person who gives the I had a dream speech at the end of the march um, when we marched back into school. And with all elementary school uh, things, when at the end, like open houses and stuff like that, you get punch and cookies. So I was like, oh, hey, punch, why not? So this is called the Freedom Summer Punch. Um, and during 1964, whiskey was huge. It was like one of the top spirits during that time. So um, I went ahead and got the Bullet um, Bourbon. And I chose Bullet specifically just for the name itself. Bullet is similar to, well, bullet, like a bullet, you know, because black people were being killed all the time. Um, and then also it's similar to ballot, which is the purpose of the Freedom Summer to get people to register to vote and, you know, do the ballot things. So I chose Bullet bur Bourbon for that. Um, playing off of, I wanted to complement what Dee was doing in terms of the catfish and using the peach and the moonshine. So I added a little bit of allspice dram to it because uh, that enhances the peach. It goes well with peaches. Uh, then also this vermouth, um, it's called Bordiga Vermouth Extra Dry. It's really freaking good. If you have not heard of it, I highly suggest getting this. Um, I'm not necessarily a vermouth person myself, and vermouth is like a, it's a fortified wine. Um, but this one here, Man, we had it at the one of the restaurants that I work at, and I would, this is my go-to in terms of dessert um, uh, beverages. Anyways, so to create the fruit punch, because I think the Hawaiian fruit punch is a little too sweet, and it, yeah. So I decided to use pineapple juice, orange juice, and some cranberry juice to create that fruit, or uh, yeah, fruit punch flavor, fruit punch flavor, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I also got honey because um, Dee's dish is a, got a little kick to it. So honey mellows out that spiciness. So the, the honey along with the allspice drum is more in compliments to what Dee is doing. So let's get to it, shall we? Great. All right. So I'm using a jigger because I like to keep it consistent, so that way my drink tastes the same each and every time. Um, although when I'm just drinking for myself at times, I just don't. Uh, wait, right. So first thing we're gonna do is start with the sweet and sticky, which is the honey. Um, the reason why we start off with the sweet and sticky first is because everything else will wash it in the end, and so that way none of it goes to waste. So I'm using a half ounce of Honey that has been diluted, it's a two to one ratio, two honey, one hot water. Um, so that way it dilutes it, because honey tends to stick if you don't dilute it a little bit. You know, you don't really get all the extra stuff. Anyways, half ounce of honey. And then, I open up all my juices here. I'm doing an ounce each of pineapple, orange, and cranberry. One ounce. 
one ounce orange and one ounce cranberry. Dope. So now that, you know, rinses out all that honey that was in there. So the honey is all incorporated in there. Great. So next we'll do the vermouth. I do three quarters of an ounce of the vermouth. And this one, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but this has some citrus notes to it, mostly grapefruit. Um, so it's really nice balance with the other fruit juices that we're using. The allspice drum, this can get a little bit, uh, it, it can be a little potent if you use too much. So I just use a quarter, so that way you get like just a slight hint of it and it doesn't overpower anything. So just a quarter of an ounce of that. And because we're using a lot of juice, I'm gonna use two ounces of bourbon versus one ounce. So two ounces of the bourbon, great. All right, let me go grab my ice really quick. So the ice is nothing fancy, just my regular ice tray. Woo, ice tray. <laughs> so um, in this, what worked out for me pretty well was six cubes. Totally up to you. Were six cubes in there. One, two, three, four, five and six, great. Give that a little shake. Not too much, because it's all gonna dilute all, you know, throughout anyways. And then I just dump everything in with the glass. Boom. And so, because I wanted to do a little bit extra in terms of garnish. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot something. I forgot my lemon. Ah! So, lemon also. I just take a juice. I know, right? Man, sitting there ready for me, everything. All right. So, I lost my citrus squeezer. Um, so, I got to do this by hand. The beauty of it is I can just dump everything back in here, give it a little shake again, and then dump it back into my glass. So, it is all bueno. Take two, guys, take two. Here we go. All right, because everything was already incorporated anyways. There we go. Now, much better. Okay. With the garnish, I was just, you can do something super simple, just like an orange slice or whatever, but because we're doing a little history here, um, I went ahead and charred some pineapple pieces. And what the charred pineapple symbolizes is, well, you know, the burning of churches, the burning of people, and just there were three civil rights organizers. Um, that were murdered, kid, kidnapped, murdered, beaten, and burnt to death um, on the very first day that they went out and did the Freedom, the Mississippi Summer Project. So um, this is in symbol, symbolizing of them. And there you have it. We got the Freedom Summer Punch. Cheers, guys. I have a comment. <laughs>
Yes, ma'am. Like, okay, so so first of all, you can't say, well, the burning of the pineapple is because you know, because I didn't know any of that stuff that you just said. Like that was all new to me. Someone did their home. That was all new to me. So it's like, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but also no, I didn't know. Like I did that that, that 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 was just that was that was just all new to me. Um uh but 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 it's great. And um I I also would like to know and I can't really know, but how does this taste? Uh it tastes just like bourbon and a fruit punch. It's really good. It tastes tropical, very refreshing. Um, especially on a hot day like this, it's like one of those drinks that you just want to take poolside or like to your barbecue and, and just sip on, on a nice hot day, especially with like crushed ice. Oh, stop it. That right there. You know, those little pebble ices. Yes. That's that. Yeah. That is the ice you really want in there. Then you don't need to shake it. You just build it all up. Maybe get a little shake shake a little bit because it has the honey in it um and then just put it in there add the pebble ice to it and that's even better because it dilutes faster um which it it needs a little bit of that dilution because you do have the sugar and the juices so yeah i mean give us that give us all the ingredients again your whole recipe yeah i'm jacking it i got you so it's <laughs> one ounce of cranberry juice, one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of pineapple juice. Got juice from one whole lemon. Let's not forget that this time. <laughs> Got half ounce of honey. And you, can, you don't have to dilute the honey. I just, it's just easier to mix that way. A three quarters of an ounce of vermouth, although I wanted to use Lillet, the Blanc Lillet, but they didn't have it, so I went with this vermouth instead. So Lillet or this vermouth is awesome. Um, a quarter of an ounce of allspice drum and two ounces of whiskey, your choice of whiskey. Gotcha. Yeah. That's so dope. I, I, I taste it in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I wish we were all together live, man. I really want you guys to taste this, too. Because I really taste this with that catfish. That's what I really want to do. Crawfish. Man. Crawfish. crawfish. Oh, crawfish. Say, dang it. Dang it. Different thing. Initially, it was catfish, wasn't it? Nope. Always crawfish. No. <laughs> I'm, man, I'm tripping. See? <laughs> Anyways, good, I want to taste it with that crawfish. But no. yeah, I mean, the whole saying, you know, is just so humble, you know? Like, <laughs> see, right then, I just said it. <laughs> but yeah, it's humble, so I need to stop. You're right, not everybody knows, so. No, 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 they don't. Yeah. People are dumb. Anyways, D, it's all you. Okay. Unless okay. there's any other questions. I don't know. Are there any other questions for the other two people that we have present? I don't know. Go check it out. Need to to the right. And I'm checking um the Facebook um feed. I don't see any questions on here either. Okay. Yeah, I don't see any either. But all right, cool. Great. All right. So now I can ramble, which is exactly what's about to happen. Uh, 
So, <laughs> so for me, uh, I, um, I, I took the song and I took the, the time frame that we're in and the time frame when the song was created and the reasons why the song was created. And I used all of that as inspiration to make my dish. So the reason, um, the reason why it's called, um, uh, what did I call it? Pull to the Bayou? Pull from the Bayou? See, I don't even remember the title that I had. Pull the Bayou, that's why. There it is. Okay, so the, the pool part comes from the fact that Sam Cooke wrote this song six months after his 18-month-old son died in a family pool. Uh, so that's where that part comes from. And uh, Bayou is just uh, a lot of the fact that he's from Mississippi. Uh, an incident that happened in Shreveport, Louisiana, specifically is what caused him to write the song. And then it was like an incident in Shreveport, Louisiana. There was things that happened when he was in Mississippi in general. And there were things that happened in Memphis, Tennessee. So like the whole kind of, that kind of Southern area, yada, 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 that's where I got Bayou from. And so I went with that from there. So that's kind of what gave me my title, I guess, when I created this whole thing. So for what I decided to do is um, I stewed greens, all three types of greens or three different types of greens. So like I said before, turnip greens, mustard greens, collard greens, and then all for different reasons. Turnip greens because they gave me a little bit more like, um, it's gonna sound crazy, but a little bit more sweetness when it came to the green side. And then collard greens because I got like the earthiness that I wanted and then mustard greens because I got the bitterness. So all three of those, that's why I use those as the base. And then uh, I use crawfish because I mean, it's the South and it just, I mean, I could use catfish, I could, as she said many a times, but I wanted to use crawfish. So I use crawfish and then I soak the crawfish in moonshine because as I said earlier, moonshine and Mississippi went hand in hand during prohibition. So that's why I use those things. So for my dish, um, the stewed greens are the base and I stewed them in beef stock, red onions, and uh, um, hog moss, AKA like pork. <laughs> I mean, cause yeah, that's yeah. how I have been taught to cook green. So that's how I cook mm -hmm. green. Uh, my mom's from Louisiana, so that's what I do. So that's how I cook my greens. And then um, for the crawfish, I soaked them in the moonshine, and now we're going to fry them in this contraption that is in front of me, which is an air fryer that I normally would not use. I only have this because my regular fryer broke, and then they sent me an air fryer as a, like, um, see, look at this. This looks like a spaceship. Um, they sent me the air fryer as a replacement, and so that's what we're going to use. So I coated my crawfish in half um, half AP flour, half cornmeal, uh, salt, pepper, paprika, cayenne pepper, oregano. So um, they look like this. If you can see what you can see, that looks like camera fire. Uh, but I'm about to put this in this air fryer. And 
I don't know how long it'll take for it to cook because I haven't cooked crawfish in this air fryer yet, but I don't expect it to take too long. So the idea of the dish is the greens on the bottom, and then I made a broth out of the rest of the moonshine and chicken stock. And then that's kind of going around the greens on the bottom, but not too much because that's the whole quote unquote like uh, swampish kind of feel and all of that good stuff. And I made a smoked peach aioli uh, that I took like peaches that because it's, it's peach season right now, even though peaches are still kind of they're in season, but they're not. So that means most of the time you get peaches right out of the trash. The trash they're like super super tart and they're not as good as they should be but it is what it is and also because peaches in the south so it made sense so i made a smoked peach aioli so i took the peaches that i did get at the stage that they were in and i smoked them and i to make the aioli i mixed them with uh eggs and normally i would just use regular vinegar but because they're so tart I made um, Riesling vinegar. So I took Riesling wine and cooked it down with some sugar and a little bit of regular vinegar and made it into what I needed to be. And where is it? Because I will just add that's this right here. So it's a little syrupy, it's a little viscous, it's all that good stuff. And I used that as my vinegar component in my aioli because I needed to be sweeter to take up for the fact that these peaches are tart as fuck and they are not what I need them to be. And so um, I'm using that to make my smoke, like my smoked peach aioli. And um, yeah, so that is my dish and my things need to cook. So while my things are cooking, Courtney can present her drink. Hey y'all, so in the midst of 19, 1964, with all the chaos and confusion, the civil rights movement and all that, I'm a, I'm a musician. My, my actual profession is a musician, but my, my love is the ballpark. So what, not only will they have, they have the hard song by Sam Cooke, but you have the sweet, um, beautiful, pretty songs from Motown. The Motown standard just came out, very popular. Temptations hit before Tops hit, um, Supremes hit came out. So I'm gonna give y'all some sweetness to all this hardness and as, as Dee said, her pieces are bitter. So give y'all some sweet to go with that. So we're making the Mississippi Mud Martini. What I took first was, so the Pop-Tart came out in 1964. So I took two chocolate Pop-Tarts. Yes, they do make chocolate Pop-Tarts. I took two chocolate tarts, I crumbled them up in a bowl, added two tablespoons of chocolate syrup. So this is sweet, sweet. So we're gonna do half, this we're gonna yield two drinks. So we're gonna take half, and we're gonna put it in each glass. Now, uh, unlike Joe, Joe told us that she tested her drinks out last night. I tested this out, y'all. I don't know what this tastes like, but we're gonna find out. No matter what with it, let's go. <laughs> we don't find out today what it tastes like. <laughs> Clearly, it's gonna be sweet. So, put a tackle mixture in both glasses. A little more on this one. And then we're gonna add in our um in our shaker. We're gonna do once again, y'all. This is two drinks. Don't do this by yourself, baby. Don't do that. You got four ounces of rum chata. 
This is my new favorite drink, y'all, if y'all didn't know. Rum chata can go with almost anything I've learned recently. So four ounces of that. So sweet. We're gonna do three ounces. My recipe calls for regular vodka. You can use regular vodka, but on hand, I had some Kiss Caramel Smirnoff vodka. And I said, oh, that sounded good. We do three ounces of the Kiss Caramel Smirnoff vodka. And like Joe, I don't like using my jiggers, but she is right in, in for consistency. So for every drink, be the same thing every time. I do use jiggers. I hate them at work, but you know, I'm gonna teach y'all the right way. But if you're at home by yourself, put a little extra in there. Enjoy your night. Yep, free pour all day. Free pour all day. And I'm gonna do <laughs> ounce of chocolate syrup. So y'all think about that. We got the chocolate syrup and the, the pop tarts and we got chocolate syrup in here. This would be hella sweet. So we got an ounce in there. Let me go grab my ice, you guys. Hold your new. Man, that's making me want some ice cream with it. Right? <laughs> right? Ooh. In our shake, we fill it up halfway. Right? And it does, it does die a little, so you're gonna, the, um, the chocolate's gonna kind of thin out a little bit, so it won't be as sweet as you think it might be. So once again, we have four ounces of rum chata, three ounces of vodka, I use the Kiss Caramel Vodka, and one ounce of chocolate. Fill it halfway and you're shaking with ice. Shake it up. Now, this you want to shake it like Joe said about her honey. Shake it up real good because you make sure that all the chocolate is mixed together. Ooh. Take that off real quick. Go pour that in there. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. All right, all right. I tell you, we had that Cool Whip because Cool Whip came out in 1964. We're going to put a little dollar for that on top. Now, I wouldn't advise you to eat this with these dish or drink with these dish because um, I would say this is more of a dessert situation. Because I, I don't like drinking too chocolatey stuff with my crawfish personally. But that's your business if you do. I'm not gonna judge you, but that's your business. <laughs> that's your business. That's All right, top of the ground. That's your business. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> if I can get this, this mug off, thank God for two spoons. All right, y'all. That's and there you have it. That's your Mississippi mud martini. Once again, we got the four ounces of rum chata, three ounces of the two ounces of the Kahlua. Did I mention the Kahlua? Did I put Kahlua in there? No, I think that became my lemon. <laughs> and guess what? You know what that means? Little float. You can float it. Hey, I've never had a drink that I couldn't fix. <laughs> oh, it's actually a, a liquefied mud slob, but that tastes good, y'all. And somebody did ask in the comments, are we gonna put the recipes, post recipes? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll send all recipes to me. 
and she'll post them in the cat in the um the caption up top so you can yeah. at home make them yourself. Yeah. I'm mad that I don't make Joe's puck. I'm not gonna make these these dish because that's that's fancy. But I will um, <laughs> make Joe's puck. It's not. It's not though. It's not. Like I I mean I need y'all to know. Baby, you said it's bougie. It's not. You, you did. You did a Riesling vinegar reduction, baby. That all sounds fancy to me, honey. I mean, Riesling is just like in what an upgraded version of Mad Dog without flavoring. I mean, it's really not fancy. It's, it's, I'll give an upgraded version of Moscato. Not really mad. Did you say Mad Dog? She that's said Mad Dog. That's <laughs> what what kind of Riesling did you get? <laughs> baby, you got you got that bottom of the barrel Riesling. You <laughs> made it. Is that bottom? What did you do? <laughs> oh shit! So y'all, now we back. We back to D. D should be wrapping up and getting on her side of the air fryer right now. Take it, D. All right, she is. Um. All right, so the 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 crawfish are done, and I added um. So I'm trying to figure out how I can. So uh, this is what said. There you go. Like. There we go. Oh shit! So there's fried crawfish and there's the stewed greens, and um, there's uh, peaches that are in there, and then there's like spots of the vinegar of vinegar, the fucking um, the the peach aioli, the smoked peach aioli, and then I have some sesame seeds and things like that because I just need to garnish. But that's pretty much what it came out to look like. That's that's it. All right, so I'm low key fancy. It's okay. I mean, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's, 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 I mean, whatever. It, it 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 is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's 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 all of our stuff. That looks like, good. Yeah. Can you go over <laughs> your um? It looks heavy, What am I doing? Go over your ingredients again. My ingredients? Yeah, yours. Um, three different types of greens. So mustard greens, turnip greens, collard greens, uh, that were cooked down in a mix of veg stock and chicken stock and red onions and hog moss, AKA like pork fat and all that good stuff. So that was that. And then uh, the crawfish, I just freaking just crawfish tail and then they were crusted in Half AP flour, half cornstarch, a little bit of paprika, a little bit of cayenne pepper, uh, salt, pepper, and that was really it. And then, um, and then the smoked peach aioli was just regular ass peaches that were smoked and um, smoked for six hours. And then after they were smoked, I like boiled them down and made aioli. So like. Um, Eggs, grapeseed oil, vinegar, Riesling vinegar in this, uh, in reference to this, just because, uh, the only reason I did that is because of these peaches were so tart. If you have peaches that are ripe and the way that they should be, and they have the sweetness that they need, you wouldn't have to use that. You could just use regular vinegar and be fine. I only did that because these peaches were incredibly tart. And, um... And yeah, and I made aioli, and, and, and that, that, that was it. I think that's everything. I feel like it's everything. B, I got two questions for you. No, um, none. Uh, none. Jeremiah <laughs> asked, did you start all the grain at the same time? 
Did I start what? All the greens at the same time. Yes, ma'am. I did. And the crawfish were soaked in moonshine, right? Yes, for two hours before I crossed the river. Yes. Yeah, they were. They, yeah, they, they were. They were soaked in moonshine. Like I don't even know if I should eat these crawfish, but they look good. I think, I think you should. Huh? I think you should. Uh huh. Taste it and see and tell us what it tastes like. We'll see. We're living. Through. You know, people are into the ASMR shit. I mean that. No, I mean I mean that. That the ASMR nonsense. No. Um, well, we're good. They need salt, but they're but they're still good. They're still good. Would, and, and in your chef opinion, would you advise salt? Or Tony's. When I see a recipe, I add Tony's. I don't add salt. Tony's has so much salt in it, though. Like the amount of sodium that's in Tony's. I mean, I'm. But I need that. I, I need that kick. That I need that fire in the back. That's what I need the Tony's for. Fire in the back. Yeah. That's, that's Wait, what's Tony's? Tony's. Is that like a South thing? It's it's a Southern um season. It's like Lowry's, but they got a lot of cayenne in it. It's hot. Like you, you, okay. you speak it up with that and you start sneezing and coughing and it just, but it's so good. It's just so Jeremiah good. approves. <laughs> All right. I need he to knows. get some of this. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Tony's has just always been just too salty for me, but. Now Dee, would you put that crawfish on top of you on top of your greens, right? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, what am I doing? Would you put that crawfish on top of your grape that that side or that on top or what? Oh, she missed the um the showing of the plating. Don't that picture again. Oh, I'm sitting here eating things. Hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna eat things like stuff is gone. I'm such a fat girl. Yes. Hold on, I mean because I really have just been eating stuff. So like, Court, you're gonna have to go back to the recording. <laughs> she didn't sew it up. Okay, I'm gonna it. She was in it. Yes, crawfish and greens. Ain't nobody stealing drinks right now, mother. <laughs> I was about to tell you, you need to have your mom come up on there and take a sip so we can see. Don't say, have you come to the sip here? Yeah, yeah, we I know Billy the cat doesn't drink, otherwise, I'd have Billy come in and. Billy the bat cat. It's a lot of chocolate, bro. That's pretty good. I know it's good. I made it. It's good. <laughs> mother approved. Kid tested. Mother approved. I would drink that. I would drink that. <laughs> She's already drinking vodka. She can't drink uh, too many other things. She's drinking vodka right now in the back. And a snow cone. Well, <laughs> well good thing that has vodka in it. So you're safe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> safe. <laughs> That's going to be her dessert to end <laughs> other cocktails. Oh, shit. D, you know you're going to have to play the Sam Cook. Change going to come now, right? I can do it. We got to end it with the song. 
Okay, I can do that. Um, do, do we need any more history about Sam Cooke? Because I got it, if we want it. Get Spirit. it. Let's go. So do you know that in 2019, which is literally just last year, the mayor um, of Clarksville uh, apologized to Sam's Cook family, like, cause he was like, yeah, no, we messed up and we should say we're sorry because we messed up. But literally it's 2019. So the amount of years between when Sam died, like, cause when Sam died, he, I mean, he was murdered, but um, they deemed it as self-defense. So he took some chick to this hotel and things happen nobody really knows exactly what happened but uh she said that she was that she said that she was taken there specifically to be raped and uh so she like fought him took his pants ran off and then matter of fact it was in i feel like it was in la i think it was an la hotel and uh the hotel owner uh like sam like tried to chase after her couldn't find her whatever went to the front desk and then the hotel owner he talked to the hotel owner he was describing what had quote unquote happened in you know in his reference of things and he started grappling with her and she had a gun and so the hotel owner killed sam cook and they considered it to be justifiable homicide because the girl had came in there first and she said that Sam was trying to rape her and she was trying to get away. And so then when the hotel owners shot him after they got into their little debacle, they said it was justifiable homicide. He was 33 years old when he got killed. Mm. And um, to this day, they don't know the full details of what the story was. Uh, but in 2019, the mayor of Clarksville, Mississippi, freaking uh, apologized to Sam Cook's family for what happened. So I feel like someone knows somewhere down the line. And they deemed him a key to the city. Damn. In 2019. And he was now, killed in what year? 19, the 1960, I want to say 65. Like, that was the last album. The album that A Change Is Gonna Come was on was the last album that Sam made before he was, before he six, He died six months after the, um, the album came out or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, all my life, we were all, we were all, we all under the assumption that Bobby Womack killed, his, uh, or had him, had Sam Cook killed, because what, a month later, he married Sam Cook's wife. But if you watch the Netflix, if you watch the Netflix series, um, there is one that they they kind of tied it to that it might be the government because they he was too close to Malcolm X. So I mean, you can watch the, the um documentary and glean what you made from it. Yeah. But it all seems real shaky to kill a singer. Well, no, everybody said that. Too. What's the what's the um documentary called? Let, let me look up the name of it. I have Netflix right here. Let's see. But it, it's, it's been on there for a while. Let's... Oh, just a little on the Freedom Summer thing, and I didn't mention this. 
but most of the volunteers were volunteers from colleges up north, and they were mostly white folks that came through to help um, the black communities get registered to vote. Um, there were 254 were clergy that was sponsored by the National Council of Churches. 169 were attorneys that were recruited by National Lawyers Guild and Lawyers Constitutional Defense Committee. And 50 of them were medical professionals from the Medical Committee for Human Rights. So. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it all ties into what's going on now, right? Yes. Like, we're seeing everybody come together and finally, like, say, fuck this shit. Like, you know, it's been going on for too long. But then also, I mean, that's a mix. I mean, that's a mix. I mean, like, I was having a conversation with someone about that today. And, like, I, or I will say, I feel like it's a mix. I feel like there is a good amount of people who are genuine when it comes to people mixing in. And I will say, like, maybe 75%. And then I think that there are some people who are doing it for views, doing it for likes and things of that nature, because I've seen that happen too. I went downtown to freaking Austin last weekend, and it was a different dynamic between where I was at. Like when I was closer to the Capitol building, there were people, there were a few people who were about the movement and about the cause and everything. And then there were people who were out there throwing up the peace sign like they were at Coachella which is very annoying to me. Mm. And then if you got closer to 35, like underneath the bridge, which for one, where there's a big amount of the homeless community at here in the city. And it, it was, it was like Mad Max. Like shit was on fire for no reason. And people were doing stuff that made no sense. And also though, the cops were more agitated toward that area then they were closer to the Capitol building. And that was harder for me to understand. Like from what I have noticed, it seems like, it has seemed like I would say, that as more people have come forward about police brutality and stuff of that nature, the cops have gotten worse. They don't, I don't think they should be militarized the way that they are. I get it, but also I just don't think that they should. And being, and being in the military and also having gone to war, I'm seeing, I have seen people like geared up like they're in Afghanistan in the desert. And that's weird to me for, I don't know, it's just, it's just weird. And I have friends that are, I have friends that are cops on both sides, military police and civilian police. And so I know that it's not, you know, everybody. And I know that it's not every cop. But also, I'm just trying to understand why some, I guess, are the way that they are. Because I don't understand it. And so I just, I, I, I want someone to explain it to me. Because it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Like, I, I, I saw, I've seen, like, instances where someone is standing there minding their business. And they just get pepper sprayed for no reason. And I just want someone to explain to me why that's happening. Because it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, what are you doing that for? What are you, what are you about? Yeah. What is the purpose? It just, it just doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it's I don't know. We're, we're in strange. And like you said, it's happening in certain neighborhoods, right? It's like happening in certain neighborhoods more than the others. I don't so think there's, that. there's a reason. There, 
I'm seeing it happening everywhere now. Like, I don't think it's just like, got it. Generalized to a particular area. Like, as of what I'm seeing, I, I feel like it's been that way for so long and it was like that before. But I feel like as more and more people are combating it or more and more people are stepping out and saying things, I'm seeing it across the board. Like, it seems very um, indiscriminate. It just seems like it doesn't matter. As long as you say something against us, we're going to fight you back. And we're going to fight you back as hard as we can. And I don't understand why that's the first stance. Because it's like, their, to me, their approach is something that you would do after you've been threatened like three or four times. But this is the initial response. And that's what I don't understand about it. That's weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, right, yeah. I, it's just weird. Like, I don't, I don't understand why that's yeah. the first, like, the first response. Like, this is where you go when you start. It don't, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm trying to, I find myself, because at this point, I, I have to disengage. I can't, I can't approach everything. I can't respond to everything, because it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting. It's exhausting, and you, you can't respond to everything. But in the same breath, there are people who this is their first exposure to this and i get that i accept that i understand that i i get it and then there are people where they just don't get it at all and i get that too right like this this misses you completely you have you don't know what any of this is and i get that too and then there are people who want like to be handheld every second of the way and it's like so it's like it's like and then for people who are outside of all three of those perspectives where this is what your perspective has been and you have learned to adapt and you have learned to move and you have learned to do this and do that it sometimes it gets very difficult to be like what should i do because it's like I want to help and educate the people who I know this is completely new to. And I want to give more information to the people that I know have at least garnered some. And to the people who know what's going on, but they don't care because it's outside of them, fuck them. Like, so it's like, <laughs> it puts you in this weird space right. of being like, how should I address everybody? Cause it's cause it's weird. It's 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 weird because you don't want to put everybody in the same box because you know everybody's not the same person. But I think, or what I will say, I won't say. I think I will say for me, what's been the hardest for me is knowing that I know that everybody's not the same. But I know that I take the time to recognize that, and I feel like people who come at me with their biases and their other nonsense don't care enough to realize or go through the thought process of being like, oh, maybe she's not like, as I've been called on some occasions, the other Blacks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I take the time out to try to learn and try to be accepting and try to figure out. But I feel like sometimes people don't give me the same benefit of the doubt. So then it makes you be like, why should I care, yo? Because it's like, if I'm sitting here putting all this time and effort to get educated on my own history that is not taught to me in school and learn 
everybody else's history that's taught to me in school. Like I'm taking the time to learn all of this stuff so that I can be accepting and so that I can be cool and I can be okay and I can just like let stuff ride. Why can't you do the same for me? Sometimes like it's really frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating. One of, the, one of the watchers said that um, it's about maintaining the illusion of power. And I've heard times recently, I used to watch the video of a guy getting harassed in his own yard, in his own house that he owned. And it, it really is about the, the power of, I told you to do this, and you didn't lie. I, this, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. You're not in charge of this. And if we, we've lost the we've lost the protect and serve and it's more of comply and obey and it's 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 a problem it's a problem across the board and by no means i don't think any black person is saying if we um haven't obeyed the law then we shouldn't be arrested because i mean i can't speak for anybody else on this chat but i've been arrested i broke the law <laughs> i'm not saying i should <laughs> Let's be real about it. So the 13th Amendment was, was passed in 1865, right? And so that was the whole abolition of, uh, abolition of slavery and all that good stuff. But also it said at the stipulation, yeah, this is the abolition of slavery and like involuntary like servitude and all that good stuff. But as long as it's not punishable by like law. So if being black is punishable by law. That's a criminal act because apparently that's how this country perceives it. That being black and breathing is 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 a criminal act. Have we ever really been free? Because that's not what it feels like, yo. I mean, I just, I it just, and then, it and it's it's really weird to say, but that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. It's like we never have. Really, it, we've been on the illusion of this. It's like being hypnotized. It's like being told, oh, okay, yeah, no, like, if you don't think about this, it's not true. I mean, that's just kind of what it feels like sometimes. And it sucks. It sucks. And I get that. I get that. And like I said before, I know it's not everybody that believes that and everybody that thinks that way and everybody that moves that way. I get that. I understand that. And I appreciate the people that don't. But Unfortunately, the people that do talk the loudest, even if they're not the majority, they just talk the loudest. And I don't know, it sucks. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, yeah. And going, going back to what Courtney was saying about the whole and serve, like let's be, protect and serve was never protect and serve everybody. It was protect and serve the slave owners, protect and serve business owners who were not black people or any kind of person of color. You know what I mean? So the protect and serve part comes at a cost. And so the whole abide, the abiding thing, that's always been 
other aspect that nobody ever talks about, you know, and that's where we're at. It's like now, okay, whoa, it's not really protect and serve for everybody. Protect and serve is just here for this small group that have the majority say, even though they're not really the majority voice, you know? And so that's something that now it's like, okay, well, we, we have to look at that. Like what, what is the protect and serve? What is the abide and, you know, not resisting and stuff, you know? So yeah, yeah, y'all, I, I can't really speak on anything because what if, and by all means, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that when like the whole, like the cop forces and stuff were established, weren't, weren't they initially slave catchers? I feel like mm. slave catchers. Well, I, I feel like wait, well, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, slave, oh, right, right, right. The the policing. Yeah, yeah it was the like, slave patrol. They were slave catchers. Yeah. AKA at this point now, and they moved back then like dog catchers. To be honest, it was like if slaves got out, if they were free, if they were running, their whole job was to go and catch them and bring them back to their owners, like right. dog catchers. Yeah. That's what they yeah. were. And I'm not saying that that's what everybody yeah. is now, but that's what the basis of it was. So if that's what the basis of it was, and if we're in a society where history is constantly repeating and it's only the history that is taught and not the stuff that is necessarily true, then this is where we're at. I mean, it makes no sense. That, yeah. uh, that we're in the year that we're in and there are particular things that are still the same. I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day and I really only feel like the reason and anybody can say whatever they want to say against me and that's fine. I really feel like the only reason why people are so in up in arms and all that stuff right now is because there's coronavirus going on and people are forced yeah. to be in their house and they're forced to look at things that they normally don't pay attention to. And now, Absolutely. like, oh, yeah, like this is, this is a serious, legitimate problem. And it's like, but being black in America, and the only reason why I say that is because I really did. I, I grew up not here first, and my experience was different. So when I came here at eleven from Germany, because both of my parents were military, I had to learn what racism was so that I could understand why people hate me. And it's crazy to be able to say that, to be able to say that, yo, I was a child and I came to this country and I had to understand what this dialect and what this whole language was of racism because I wasn't experiencing it before. And I got here and I didn't understand what it was. So I had to understand hate. I had to learn hate to be able to interpret it for me. And, but that's what it was point blank period that's what it was i had to learn why people did not like me because of the color of my skin because that was not part of my experience before coming here and i don't know i don't understand and i probably never will i mean at this point now i'm damn near 40 years old i don't understand and i cannot comprehend how a group of people can hate someone that they brought to a country to do work. Like, like I just- it, On it, land you it, stole. It doesn't, it, doesn't, land. it doesn't make sense to my brain. It makes and, sense. I mean, yeah. 
they oh it, it's the crazy part is it's not just look out of the country that you have to learn that and i know it's not perfect in the bay area where we where i grew up and joe i don't know if you grew up in the bay area but i grew up in the bay area and it's not perfect but i grew up right next to berkeley and i didn't realize I and mean, we know of racism we know we know we're black we know we're different than the people that have my heels and the children's heels but i never thought about really racism until i moved out of california we're we're Bay Area's hippie free love. Like we we love everybody. We're free to do, you know, we're just loving everybody. But we I never thought about it until I came to the South, yeah. bartending in Texas, and I was got called the colored girl. I said, yeah. number one, uh, number one, I'm a grown woman. Number two, the colored girls, I'm not serving you, you're gonna have to find somebody else today. But you never think about that until you get in more of these more southern states, but now it's getting more prevalent. And you're right, we're seeing it more because people are, we're sitting at home with the coronavirus, and now we get, we can watch the video, oh my God, that man died. He sure did, you just not seeing that? Rodney King got beat almost to death too in the 90s, you didn't notice that one? Oh, because you're sitting at home, it's nothing better to do with your life. Okay, well, welcome to 2020, we still getting beat up, baby. We're still in 1964, yeah. 1950. We're, we're, we're still here. Yep. Yeah. And it's different. I mean, you know, like the Rodney King riots and like his beating and stuff was not, we didn't have the internet access. We didn't have people recording right. and posting it online. You know what I'm saying? So we only able to see what the media taught us about it. So if you were one of those who didn't understand the dynamic between black folks, the police, and black folks in just in general, then you didn't see through what the media was telling you. And now, not only with the coronavirus, but we have internet, we have everybody's going live on their shit. But I mean, like they're streaming live during protests, they're streaming live during all this police brutality and even the antagonizing. You know what I mean? Like police, police and white supremacists have always been antagonizing ever since the get but now we get to see it it actually happening and so i feel like along with the coronavirus thing being it being broadcasted on social media now it's like oh shit they were not kidding when they said people were gunning for them, you know and like for me i was i didn't grow up in the bay area so i didn't have that aspect i grew up in san diego but i also grew up in like different neighborhoods. So I like I've lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. I've lived in a predominantly neighborhood. I in a predominantly black neighborhood or a predominantly Latino neighborhood, you know, at all different aspects of my life. And crazy because like, you know, just even the story about MLK Day and us marching through the neighborhood. Well, when I switched to a a, a predominantly white elementary school and MLK Day came around, I was like yo, why aren't we marching? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I was like, I, I was exposed to that kind of stuff, you know? And I'm sitting here like, why aren't we learning about this other stuff? Like, what, what in my head, you know what I mean? And so I didn't really comprehend it until later on in life when I'm just like, oh, shit, <laughs> I see, I see. Because there wasn't a whole lot of black kids or it was mostly white folks who got to dictate what was learned, what was being learned in schools, we, they get to glimpse over all that negativity aspect that their people did, yeah. you know? And so 
I mean, luckily for me, I was able to see the different aspects in the different neighborhoods and learn it at an early age and be exposed to it, you know? So, I mean, it just sucks for people who weren't, you know, who people who are, and, and I mentioned this before is like, or not, not before during this broadcast, but in middle America, you have families and just, it happens everywhere. Not even just middle America, but mostly middle America where families will look down upon their kids who want to expand their knowledge and leave their areas and go learn about different ways of life and different cultures and stuff like that. There's like the stigma of like, oh, you think you're better? Oh, why do you want to leave us? Oh, you know, this and that. And so now there's this mentality of like, oh shit, I leave? Do I? Uh, okay, I'll just stay and stay within this race society and community and not learn anything else, you know? You're right. You're right. And you can't, you can't, it's hard to come up. You can come out the, out the ghetto, you're selling out. If you stay, you're probably broke and you're going to get robbed or get beat up by the police. You, you, there's no, there's no, um, there's no freedom either. There's no freedom either, and we're we're not free. We're if a, no nobody's free until we're all free. That includes until the LGBTQ community is free. We're not free, and until until we say Tony McDade's name as much as we say Lord Floyd's name, we're not free. There, there's no freedom in this situation. I mean, I don't think there's any freedom for people who we're not listed as human in the Constitution anyway. So when you have to make an amendment to make a scene to be human, seeing that we are flesh and blood like you are, we're not human. That's a problem. And we're still treated as such. Um, I think every ethnicity that is not Caucasian is treated differently, but I think we are treated at the bottom of the barrel. You can see um, Middle Easterns talk about us as if they are better than us. You can see Asians and Latino ex talking about us. Yes, all brown, brown and black people are not the same. We are all not the same. There are brown people, there are black people. And we are the bottom of the barrel. And it, I think people are, the, the riots are coming from the tiredness. Not only were they, they were born in the house anyway, now they're tired, they're born and tired. So there's gotta be a, a better way to get a solution. And I'll, I'll, I'm not sure what the whole dismantling of the police is. I'm not sure if that's the answer. I still don't know what that is yet. But there has to be a solution up to fix the problem. So. I don't feel like yeah. systemic racism will ever be fixed as an issue until it's referenced as a worldwide issue and not just a black and brown issue. It needs to be an all people issue. Until it's that, it's never going to be fixed. And unfortunately, I feel like that that's never going to happen because I still feel like that we are in a space where people will not recognize an experience that is not their own. There has been so many times where I have told people, yo, this is what I have been through. This is what is going on with me. And people have straight up told me to my face that I am fucking lying, that I'm making shit up, that I'm exaggerating and this, that, and the other. So what ends up happening? I leave. I leave those spaces where people have told me that this is not what my experience is. And that's because the only reason they say that is because it hasn't been their experience. So they refuse to acknowledge an experience that isn't their own. 
And until we get to a space where people can, or at least a bigger majority of people can acknowledge an experience that does not belong to them, it's not gonna matter. And I, and it sucks to say, but it is what it is because it's like my experience as a black female is what it is. And your experience as a black queer female is what it is. And Joe's experience as a non-binary person is what it is. And if we can all acknowledge that independently, then where are we? Like we all have to be able to listen and take in what everybody says and say, okay, your experience is different than mine, but I recognize that your experience is what it is. And if we can't do that shit, then where are we? Where, 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 where we're at? And we start here to look at each other yep. and be able to say, yo, okay, well, I understand that your experience and my experience is different, but I, 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 I acknowledge it and I take it in. And you are allowed to express whatever you have with your experience the way that you choose to express it. Like, you, because you, you, you are allowed to, because I, I can't tell you how to process what you feel. Cause I don't feel what you feel cause I'm not in your shoe, but I hear you and I will let you say what you need to say. And I will let, let you experience and let you say what you need to say out loud. But the problem is, is for whatever reason, we're in this, we're in this space where of society where a lot of people create, they produce their experience. It's not all of us, but there's a good amount of people who produce their experience. It's like, okay, I'm going to take pictures of this. I'm going to take pictures of that. Like, okay, I'm, I'm doing so well. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm unhappy as fuck. But to the world, this is who I am. The people are producing their, like, their entire existence to the point that they don't know who they are anymore. And so it's like, how do you expect me to connect with you when you don't know who you are? It's crazy. Yep. And you can't, you can't really speak, you can't speak from, uh, you can't, what, what's the, what am I trying to say? Is it's hard to vocalize what you're trying to say if you haven't healed from the trauma, but you can't heal from the trauma if the trauma is consistent, yeah. consistently happening. Right. So you want people to peacefully protest, which people have been doing, you know what I mean? You get mad because people are rioting and looting. Well, guess what? The trauma is happening on a regular basis. And you can't, you, you can't heal from anything that's ongoing. You can try to, and you can heal from the past trauma, but you're still never going to get on top of and be able to speak from a healed place if there's no healing that is being allowed to happen. So you're telling people that like they're making stuff up, especially if you're telling people, oh, okay, well, it's not about that. Like you need to get over it. It's not about race. It's not about this. It's like, but it is though. Like, but right. it is though. Like just because you yeah. don't feel that does not mean it doesn't exist. I get it. You don't feel it. Cool. But also, like, I can show up to a place and work my ass off and nobody sees me 
and there are people who fucking don't deserve to be in the position that they are in and they get treated right. to gold. And you wonder why I feel the way that I fucking feel? I feel the way that I feel because it's like, I know that I'm being passed over. I know that I'm being told that I need to play second fiddle. I know that I need to do this and I need to do that. And that's not the case. And it's like, okay. But I mean, okay, I guess it's cool. I should just deal with it. Literally, I had a situation where I finally worked and there was people who were above me that were in management, but they legit told me when I said like, this isn't okay, not just for me, but for anybody. Cause I want people to all be treated fair. It ain't just about me, it's about everybody. Right. And then it was like, well, I mean, you know, I worked at a place before where I didn't have a voice and at least I can say a little bit here. And it's like, so you cool with saying a little bit. To me, that says to me, okay, I didn't get thrown down the stairs. I just got beat in the face. So everything's cool because I just got beat in the face this time and I didn't get thrown down the stairs. Just because something is a little bit better doesn't mean that it's okay behavior. And why is it that anybody should have to sit there and deal with the bare minimum just because? Nobody should. Nobody should. That's just not a, that's just shit's unfair. That shit's unfair to anybody. I don't get it. Yep. And a post, I don't get it. About, um, we're still dealing with trauma. A post said that people think we're crying about George Floyd. We're still crying about Emmett Steel. It's an ongoing trauma. It's an ongoing cycle. And we, we, somebody kills somebody, we talk about it, it's on the news, and we move on. Somebody kills somebody, we talk about it, we see it on the news, we move on. And we're not healing from it. We're not getting past it. It's the same hurt over and over again. And you would think we'd get numb. We're not numb because you never know. If I get pulled over, that's probably me next. You just never know. Whenever I see a person get on the side of the road with the police, I'm looking to see if it's a black person and do I need to stop and record? Me too. Period. The thing is, every day, we shouldn't have to do that. And why should it be okay with us being numb? Like, why do we have to get to a point with being numb to trauma, like being numb to pain, being numb to displacement, being numb to injustice? We shouldn't have to do that. That shouldn't be something that we have to think about. But I do the same thing. If I'm riding down the street, and I see, like, on the highway that somebody's pulled over, the first thing I look out my window is be like, are they black or brown? Because if so, I'm going to stop. Because I want to make sure that people are okay. And we shouldn't have to have that kind of fear instilled into us that we need to look and make sure that people are fine. It's like, it's a lot. It's a freaking lot. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I was hanging out with some people. Not really, I was working, but I was overhearing some people talk the other day, and this one girl was talking about how stressful it was for her and how exhausting it was for her to have to work through black and brown issues when she's nowhere close to our color. And I was just standing there like, do you know how it is to do this every day? This is new emotions for you that you are choosing to take on. I have no choice. I have no choice. This is it. This is given to me. As soon as I'm born, this is what's given to me. And I have to work through this stuff all the time, no matter what job I'm in, no matter who I am as a person, no matter who good I am, like how good I am to anybody, this is what I have to work through all the time. But you're exhausted. You're exhausted? You tired? Like I'm not trying to 
wanted to be mad, but also you were tired from taking this on for like, I don't know, 20 days, 30 days, 40 days. This is my life. This is right, our man. lives. Right. That's crazy to me. And that's not even, that's not even talking about just being a black woman. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Completely different. That's a whole other different struggle. That's, that's a totally different, you, there's levels, like the rapper said, there's levels to this shit. There's levels to the situation. Black, you got black men, black women, black gay people. There's, there's levels to it and you'll, it'll, it'll never a level playing field. We'll, until we address the trauma, we will all be in 1960 until we address the situation. I agree. Which is crazy to yep. me because it was a black trans woman who started everything for the gay movement in general. Absolutely. I mean, I guess. Y'all, y'all do what you want. <laughs> y'all do what you want. You believe the history you want to believe. But it's like, if it wasn't for Marsha, this shit wouldn't have even happened. But, and then I hate, I don't know. For me, it frustrates me a lot of times when people say that like, well, I mean, I'm gay, so I understand your struggle and this, that, and other. It's like, okay, no, that's weird. Because first of all, you don't, un like there's a difference between the struggle oh. of gay Anglo-Saxon people as of gay people of color. And then also when you say that, you're negating the entire experience of gay people of color. And I, it's just, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. It's, it's ridiculous. I just want people to be mindful. And if you don't know, then great. Say you don't know. But also in the same breath, ask. Ask people who you see around you. My problem with this whole po protest movement is that there's been people out here, there are people who are genuine and the people who want to know. But then there are people just out there like, letting go their frustrations of being oppressed because of coronavirus. And it's like, maybe you should ask some of these black and brown people that you're protesting next to what their experience is like. If you don't know, ask them. You standing right next to them. Ask them. Ask them. I guarantee you, if they're out there protesting with you, they'll tell you. Ask them. Like, find out something about something that you don't know as opposed to assuming and taking it as such and then looking like a fucking asshole you're an asshole you're right yep you're absolutely right you're right i just i just don't get i just i'm i don't get it and, and i'm not by all means i am not saying i'm correct I'm just saying, like, these are the things that I do not understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. If I, I don't know what it means to insert myself into an experience that I don't know and not try to get knowledge behind it, I don't know what that means. Because if I don't know and I want to be part of the cause or part of the movement or part of the solution, I'm going to ask questions. And I'm gonna want to know, and I that that's just how I move, and I get it. I'm not I'm not everybody, but I just don't I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I I, I just I, I can't see how you can blindly insert yourself into a narrative that is not your own and make it part of your narrative without getting the education. 
It doesn't make sense to me. And it happens all the time. I know it. All the time. Oh, but I'm not, don't clump me into the all white people. Fuck you. Shut up. Check your people. You know what I mean? There's there's good cops too. Fuck, where are they? Tell them to step up. Tell them why are they not pulling their people back and telling them to sit the fuck down and stop using excessive force. Where are they? Why did it get worse? You may have for the protest. Uh, why? Yeah. Uh, right. As as white people, okay, fine. It may have been hard for you to find a job. You may have fucking lived in a tin shack. But guess what? You get to walk down the street without worrying about anything. A cop rolls by, no stress in the world. No stress. You can have a fucking brick on you and you would still be okay. You would be alive and be able to tell about your story. And that's the difference. You will be let go and released probably within a day or two. And And if not, then you get the minimum sentence. Like, shut, just stop. If people want to know the difference, the difference is being detained and being dead. That's the fucking difference. I mean, that's just it. Point blank, period. Yeah. That is the difference. Right, right. I had this conversation with one of my friends the other day, and I was like, you know, I I get that I've been here. I've been here for a good amount of years now, but I also feel like they don't want us here. And what am I supposed to do if they don't want us here? They don't want us here, and they have brainwashed all of our people in Africa that they don't want us there if we're African-American. So where the fuck are we supposed to go? We ain't got nowhere to be. Like y'all brought us over here and you don't like us. And then you done brainwashed all of us. I mean, like, oh, I mean, where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go? There's nowhere to to be They want us to be here, but they want us to be in slavery. I'm not gonna do that, yo. I was told when I was born that I was free. Let me be free. Like, I just, I just, like, I, it just don't make sense to me. Like, I didn't sign nobody's paperwork. I didn't have a last name that belonged to my master. So if I'm supposed to be free, then let me be free. Like, so what is the, but I, I, I can't do that. I have to play second fiddle. I have to feel like I'm less than it. I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's like, yo, if I'm better than you, it's not because I chose to be. It's mostly because I worked for that shit. Because y'all made me do that. It's because y'all made me work four times harder than anybody else in any other job that I have ever had. So if I'm better than you, it's because I work for this shit and it's nothing else. But you want me to play second fiddle when I work for this. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, I just, Mm. I I, I just, I can't understand it. I I, I Mm. but it's real hard. And I I don't. the episode of A Different World, they had the rest episode, and Kareem Harden told um, Dean Kane, your your family came here and they worked hard. My family been, built this country, and I came more than a street kept the cab. We built this I'm I'm, I'm not, 
first generation off, off the plane from here. I can't even think of a family member who was off in I can't think of one. Clearly, I'm too light to even probably be off the boat. I'm, I'm, I know I'm more, I'm, I've been here too long, but yet I still get treated like I'm subhuman in America. Mm, so and we're not even talking why your skin is lighter than right. everybody else. Let's, let's not even go there. Mm. <laughs> mm. I just, That's a whole other subject. Light skin, curly hair. Along the same topic. I don't know. So I mean, there's that. Maybe the constitution needs to be broken, and we need to start all over again, so where everybody in America is a human. Everybody in America has these same exact rights as everyone else. Would it fix the systematic racism? Look, we've been taught that already. It's already been ingrained in our spirits already. But there has to be um, a new regime of change, and I, I felt a little different um, with the past presidents. I felt a little. A little different. I don't have to say President Obama was perfect. No, he wasn't perfect. He was human, like everybody else. And he's a politician. He has to serve all people. But I felt a little, I felt a little different with Clinton. I felt a little different with Baby Bush at this point. But we can't have a regime in office who not only believes that we're less than, trusts that we're less than. We, it's got to be a change. But that means we have to make our voices heard and have action. Colin tried to kneel peacefully, quietly by himself. He didn't send it to nobody. He tried to business. He didn't hurt nobody. But the moment we burned some shit down to the ground, everybody got a problem. But we tried it the nice way the first time. And no one, we, we were wrong and we're thugs the first time. Let me show you what a thug looks like. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about being peaceful. It's about us shutting the fuck up. It's not oh, yeah. about us being peaceful. Yeah. It's about us not talking at all. And, I mean, just yep. period. And and I'm not saying that to be some kind of way. I'm saying that because of what we have seen. Because we all know that Colin didn't say shit. And Colin just did what he did. And it was a problem. And it was a problem for years and years and years. And that's why that man is not working now. And with the NFL, that is. And so it's not about that. It's not about that. And then as soon as stuff started happening with this, and then it became that, like, you know, we're violent, we're this, and yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Because it's not about that. And But to be honest, that was the same stuff that happened years ago. Because everything that happened with Martin was the same way. Martin was peaceful at first. And he was peaceful, actually, for a good amount of time. And they... Him with violence and then when Malcolm was the way that Malcolm was they greeted him with violence and when Huey was the way that Huey was they greeted him with violence I mean it's just it, it is it's just it's more about it's a common denominator here it's a, it's something it's like, because it's like they will always greet us with violence because we are not being compliant it's about compliancy. It's about us not doing what they want us to do. And I'm again, I'm not saying that it's everybody, but the ones who combat the most, that's what it's about. It's about compliancy. It's about us shutting up in color. It's about us sitting in the corner and taking the whatever is given to us and rolling with that. And that's not that's not real life. 
That's not who people are. And because if, or I will say this, we saw what happened when particular people had to do that in this space when it came to coronavirus. They were not about it. They showed up at Capitals, geared up with guns and all this shit, bitching and moaning. This has been our lives the entire time that we've been in this country. But as soon as they were greeted with that for what, 35 days? It was too much. It was too much. It was too much. I want my hair back. It's like, what the fuck, y'all? It's like, you know, I mean, there's a, uh, there's actually a post going around um, of the people, say, the same person in the two different aspects. One was a, a post from the COVID thing, and yeah. one was a post regarding the rioting thing. And it's all contradictory, right? One is like, oh, the government's just trying to keep us in the house and blah, blah, blah. Then there's the same person, but it's the riots. They're like, Oh, why don't these people just listen? The government just says to stay in the house, blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, uh, the fuck? (laughs) Okay. So I guess. Now I'm just free pouring my drink at this time, so. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay, great. Okay, so I will. Okay, so okay. Can we can we, can we get Sam Cook's change gonna come and playing in the background? Can we can we get that? I mean I oh, could, did you already play it? I did earlier, but I can do it. Oh again. shit. We see we were just in it. We were in it. I mean, okay, but okay, so then I guess my next question is so what's next and 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 how can things be better, I guess? Whew. What's next? I mean, I, I think one, we can start with the whole not giving the police military equipment for one. Let's, let's, let's just start there. I mean, that's been on hand. Um, because I feel like one, the military is trained for one. We go through basic training. We go through AIT advanced training for those who don't know. Um, and then we're constantly doing field exercises throughout our, our term. Um, so we're trained on a regular basis in order to deal with de-escalation, how to properly use our equipment, all that other stuff. Well, if you're just handing the cops all this equipment without any training, they feel even more powerful than they did before. You know, they already feel power by just a badge that they, you know, maybe wear on their chest or keep in their wallet. Like, what what makes you think that they're not going to feel even exponentially more powerful by hiding behind riot gear, for one, right? Hiding behind tear gas and rubber bullets and tanks and armored vehicles, you know? So that is one way one thing that we can do right away. Another is take cops out of schools and provide our schools with the proper counselors, nurses, psychologists that we need to the youth and take care of our youth versus that whole track from school to jail, right? The 13th, Netflix 13th, 
Um, so those are two things that we could definitely do right away in order to help alleviate that. Um, defunding the police, but in defunding the police, then redirecting those funds in order to provide uh, mental, mental health um, assistance, um, helping with whew, workers. Um, man, so many things. I haven't like exactly thought about it, but you know, we can start there. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just three small steps that we can do now in order to start steering things in the right direction. Oh, the whole background checks. Why the fuck do police keep on officers that have multiple infractions in a corporate job? You get three, three, count them three, three strikes. That's it. You get a verbal warning, you get a written warning, and then you get terminated should anything happen. And if it's severe enough, if it's like a sexual harassment or any kind of racial thing, then you're immediately terminated. So why not make that apply to the, the police department as well? Do your backgrounds. Sexual predators, they have to register in this whole database. Cops should be doing that too. If you have all this shit against you for uh, being racist or uh, brutality in any way or shape or form, sexual assault, you need to be on this register. Oh, this cop should not be serving in the department. Right. That's just my two cents for now. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, I don't. I don't. I'm a lot. I'm black, and I don't know what the solution is. I clue. Well, I mean, it's just like with everybody complaining about how long it took for the cop to be prosecuted when it came to the George Floyd case, and why nothing has happened with Breonna Taylor's case, and it's like at the end of the day. That shit comes up to that 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 stuff that comes down to the DAs. So y'all have voted these DAs in. And they're the ones who make those decisions. And if you don't know the background about these DAs, then this is and this is why voting locally is so important. Because shit like that would not pass if it wasn't for the district attorney. But because people don't pay attention to who they vote for or they don't vote at all when it comes to locally, the counties and parishes and things of that nature, this is how we get to this fucking point. Like, it, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not as educated as I should be about that shit. But guess what? Fuck that shit. We need to, like, rally. We're on Zoom. We're all on fucking Zoom now. Zoom meetings with your with your neighborhood people, with your friends who live in the same county as you. Get together on a Zoom meeting and talk about measures that are on the ballot. Yeah. To right. educate each other. Agreed. You know? But voting, yes. Freedom Summer was to get people registered to vote. Let's go. Right. 2020, Freedom Summer. 
No, for real. Like when it, I don't know. When it comes to me, I, I feel like as a people, when we were a people that were oppressed from voting and oppressed from reading for so long, I feel like you should do both of those things as much as fucking possible because it's like they didn't want us to read, they didn't want us to get educated, they didn't want us to vote. That was for a reason. It was all a part of like not letting us be able to have a fair voice and be able to like say what is right and just in this world because they were doing things that made sense to them and their narrative and that's it. And it's like after you brought over people that you have worked for you and not have any kind of like equal fair and equal right, then of course you're going to abstain them from education so that they know that this isn't real life and this is not how things should be. So if we have the ability to do that, why the fuck would you not do it? I don't know. That just, yep. it, just, it, just it just doesn't make sense to me. But I mean. Right. And just something that I thought about now is, and this has come up in conversation lately, is the whole, once you go to prison, you can't vote. And, and I get it, like, before it was a lifetime thing. And certain states have definitely amended that to where if they serve their term, then they get their voting rights back. But there are still, I think it's like 12 states or something, yeah. that still hold, or maybe like, anyways, 12, 12 or less states that still hold that lifetime um, no voting thing. So if yeah. you're convicted of a felon, you can no longer vote. Yeah, also, in California, you have to serve by your full term. And by full term, it's not what you serve behind bars. Yep. It's your probation. It's your parole. So all of that, if you go to prison for eight years or four years or three years, but you're on parole for 20 years, guess what? You are not allowed to vote during that whole time. And so, yep. and, and I've been, I've been, I have caught myself, I've, I've, I've said this in the past where oh, I don't feel like my vote counts, but now fucking thinking about it, it's like, well, my vote for me doesn't have to count. My vote for them needs to count. For these people who cannot vote because it has been taken away, we need to vote for them if you're not going to vote for yourself. You know what I mean? So when you look at the thing, so you look at the system and how things are set up and things like that, and you look at the statistics, and you look at it, it's mostly brown and black people that are behind bars, and this, that, and the other for bullshit. Uh, not majority of the time. Oh, I don't know. I won't say majority because I don't know. But when there is a good amount of people who are behind bars that were trash, and, and to be honest, I'll say everybody. Like I, th- I think the whole judicial system is garbage all the way around. So then, if that's the case then all of these people have had these rights taken away from them and this and other, and that kind of stuff influences everything else around, then, right. I mean, it's, it's just a fucking hot mess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 so much, so much to unravel and unpack it and- It really is. Woo. Yeah. We need to do better. This country needs to do better. 
and needs to actively attempt to do fucking better. It just needs to do better. Absolutely. Do better. If it's if we're supposed to be, if this place is supposed to be the home grounds of the quote unquote free world, then why is it that you have all these different sects of people here who do not feel free? That makes no sense. We're supposed to be the free world, right? We're supposed to be the place that sets culture. We're supposed to be the place that sets like the rest of the world onto what they need to do, how they should act, how they should move, yada, yada, yada. Why are things so fucked here? It should not be this fucked. Or at least things should have a meaning. But stuff happens with no backing at all. And that's not how it should be. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Ooh. Yeah. I can't wait to, for our next show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we started off, y'all. Right? This is how we get this going. This so we need only ramps out. up from here. Right. So we need to figure out, since we're towards the end of the episode, we need to, um, we want to hear your ideas. DM any of us. What do you think should be our next? We're going by years. We're going by years. So we did not before today. What year do you think we should do next? What song do you think of that year we should do next to tackle next? Because we don't just ramble and pick we want to pick anyway, but rant, we, we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think. I mean, we can go to the 80s and talk about the crack era if you want us to. We can go to you, see how this, you see how this episode went. Yeah, so this, this can go any, any way at this point. You're going to put so, I mean, the crack era? Well, we we can go to the 80s. I think a lot of our 80s babies, and we got a lot to talk about with the crack era. So, <laughs> 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 Maybe we need to get yeah, like a. a, 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 a about Reagan. I don't something. want to talk about Reagan. I don't want to talk about Reagan. I ain't talking no, about but we need to. We need to at some point because it's definitely helped this whole shit. Man. It, yeah, so. so. But we'll we'll hold we'll hold off on that for today. We'll <laughs> we'll wait until that year Everybody comes around. Whether you watch this live right now, watching the replay, send us your ideas for what you want to tackle. We're gonna be doing this what every three weeks. We said we're gonna do yep. it every 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 so, three weeks. Send us what you think we should tackle a month. Every month. month. Every month we're gonna be doing this. So send us what you think we should do, and we 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 just like three folks like to cook and talk and drink so let us know what you like what you want to see us talk about as you can see we have no problem with talking for two hours i ain't cooking this time. <laughs> i ain't cooking nothing next time i will make drinks whatever oh no, shit I, I, i'm not cooking shit you, you courtney i hope you're ready you better break out that skillet uh, well, i ain't everyone. cooking nothing so somebody else can cook and i i can make drinks that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> we'll see how oh shit, do. we're rotating that too. Watch <laughs> out now. <laughs> this shit's getting interesting, but it seems like we're on the path to the crack era. So if y'all are down for that, so let us know if y'all think we should I'm, tackle I'm, I'm, a different I'm, I'm, year. Push your man by, by Curtis Mayfield. We gonna, if we're going to do that, I, then I, I mean, because it's a great song. <laughs> Yeah. We can, we can yeah. Do it. We can do it. I'm I'm down for it. Down for it. It's, it's a good one. And I, I also just like Sam know a lot of stuff about Curtis and I am here for the history. <laughs> so I can 
I'm, I'm ready to get down. Let's be home. Hell yeah. Well, cheers, you guys. Cheers. Appreciate you. Absolutely. No. Uh, no, this was um, this 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 was a, this was a good show. At least I I feel like it was a good show. I mean, I I, I could care about other people's opinions, but I, I hope everybody <laughs> else enjoyed. I had a good. Else. I mean, I was entertained. <laughs> like, because um, I can I can rant and rave about uh, music and all that kind of stuff. And uh, also, though, if we are gonna do Curtis, I do have vinyls, and I will I can play the record. Just, just hey. out to that. <laughs> but I'm here for it now. This, this, yeah. this, 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 this was good. And maybe um, next month when we meet again, we will be on the upside of whatever part of society we are in Wait. right now because I don't know what this is. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it'd be good if we are on the. One month from now, we'll be after 4th of July. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and also after Juneteenth, right? Right, Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Y'all celebrate June nineteenth. Let's go. Tell them what it's about. I know. We, 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 we're not freaking out, but we we definitely wasn't free then. Um, <laughs> Texas. The, the the story is that we were slavery was abolished. Texas didn't know until, what, two years later? They knew. They knew. It wasn't they didn't know. They just acted like they, 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 they were willfully ignorant. Yeah. So the, the yeah. slaves didn't know until several yeah. years later that they were free. So that's Juneteenth. We celebrate the time that we were all free in theory. June 19th, 1985? Yeah. 1865. 1865. Nope, nope. 85. Yeah. All confirmed. It's 1800s. 1865 then. Yeah. June 19th, 1865 was Juneteenth originally. So we will be celebrating that. Um, y'all, I'm still here. I mean, if y'all want to do a Juneteenth episode, I'm down. Let me know. I'll be here. I'm down. I think I think we're gonna be doing a Juneteenth episode, guys. I'm down. I think it's happening. All right, here we go. <laughs> Done deal. Juneteenth. Join us live as we celebrate what we should be celebrating and what we should actually be implementing is the abolition of slavery, even though it's not really gone because we still have the jail system. So there's that. Um, at that day. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we about to celebrate that, not 4th of July, because fuck that shit. Hashtag all countries matter. <laughs> yes. Making that shit go. <laughs> Trending. <laughs> Making that shit go trending. Does that even make sense? Whatever. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. All right. Juneteenth. Yee! Yee! Uh, well, 
it has um, been a fantastic gathering, everybody. Um, yes. Thanks, Jeremiah and Robert. Hi, Robert. Didn't even see you there. <laughs> I'm on my phone, so I can't see everybody. I have to like scroll. <laughs> Appreciate well, you guys for joining in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, D, appreciate you for coming up with this and uh, yeah. you know letting myself and Courtney come along for the ride. Of course, of course. Uh, um, yes. I I am very very grateful and very very happy that uh, you guys could interpret the bullshit that is in my head on a daily basis and turn it into something that is actually fruitful and amazing so i am i'm here for all of it and the next step is just continuing to go on with it and maybe we can get people to actually talk to us if they see like that. so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm here for all of it though it's 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 it's, it's been a blast um i have had two glasses of moonshine, which is probably not for the best, but I don't work tomorrow. So, <laughs> oh, oh, snap. It, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's been amazing. I am nothing more than grateful. And I mean, Joe, Joe has the whole bar there and both, both of y'all actually had like hey Courtney got that she wait she got the speed pours though air fryer and some paper towels so I mean I guess but <laughs> great look at that <laughs> great all right we should get off we should get off live if all you right, want to see the rest of our our rantings then you have to watch the recording later but we're taking this off live now bye Facebook folks appreciate y'all bye y'all